Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. This is episode number 100, so for everybody who's listened to the show from the start, thank you so much. We made it to 100. Of course, Nick isn't here for tonight's episode. He's been kind of showing up when he wants lately. This is my little brother we're talking about. I host the pod with him. He had a bachelor party in Colorado this weekend. He's always got some excuse But I'm not alone. I rarely do these solo episodes, and I'm not alone today because I have a fantastic guest. He covers the New York Knicks for the New York Daily News, covers the Nets a little bit, but we're going to be talking a lot of Nets today, and that is Stefan Bondi. Stefan, thank you for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, getting me on this. What do you think of little brother Nick bailing on on the episode tonight? I'm lame, lame, but listen, you got a bachelor party, you got to go. And I'm the last. All right, yep. yeah, I'm a big fan of Colorado too. I'm wearing the Colorado hat. So oh, there you go. It's a nice place. I like it. So you can't blame him. He's at the airport right now. He could have hopped on. He might be a little hungover. I don't care. This is this is your duty. You're supposed to host a podcast with your name on it. Is this his? Is this his bachelor party or somebody else's? This is his buddies. All right. Wait, hold on, hold on. If you think my brother was having a bachelor party, don't you I think I would say, be there? Yeah, that's a good point. I should have thought about that, but you're right. Um listen, bachelor parties, they're fun, man. That's all you could. That's all I can say about that, and I wouldn't give it up either. And I understand. I uh, I got mine coming up. I'm getting married in November, uh, and I have a buddy in Vegas who said he would hook me up at his hotel. What do you think of that? Nice. Hey, it's the perfect bachelor party you, spot. Good for you. I'm hey, excited. do I get an invite? You gonna invite me? If you want to come, Stefan Bondi, you are invited to my bachelor party, right. the Virgin, the Virgin Hotel. That's where it's at, right off the Strip. We'll have a ball. It'll be a good weekend. All right. All right, I'll hold you up to that. <laughs> All right, let's get into some some basketball talk. I want to start with the All-Star game. We just finished All-Star weekend. Uh, what did you think of it? What did you like? What didn't you like? G- give me everything. I am, man. We're starting off with this, but I didn't watch the game. So <laughs> I, I'll tell you this. I fell asleep I, at halftime. Um, so, like, my thoughts on, like, when I was a kid, um, All-Star games were awesome. And uh, it felt like they were they were more competitive. It felt like. Uh, the players, um, you got to see them for the first time in a long time because you didn't have cable. You didn't get to see it. Now we see these players all the time. Um, so I have no interest in watching something that has become kind of akin to the Pro Bowl where there's very little defense being played. I know I understand it was a pretty dramatic finish and Steph Curry went off, uh, but I had no interest. I, I, I watched the slam dunk contest because of Obi Toppin, and that was that was lame. So, um yeah, I'm pretty down on All Star Weekend to be honest. Yeah, I, I I started with the the skills or not the skills, but the rookies and the sophomores on Friday night, and they got a little wacky with it. I mean, they had the Cleveland Cavaliers going up against the Antetokounmpo's going up against the rookie. It was a weird kind of format, but I stuck with it. I thought Saturday night with the dunk contest and the three point contest. Look, this is a, a league that loves our three-point shooters now, right? The Steph Curry's. Uh, the fact that Carl Anthony Towns won it is amazing. A seven-footer yeah. won the three-point contest. Tell that to all the old heads back in the 1990s who told the big men not to shoot. That's amazing. Um, but the, the slam dunk contest has just gotten so stale. 
it, it's got, I mean, Obi Toppin was probably the biggest name there, and, and that's not yeah. saying much. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, shoot, how, how old are you? I'm 29 years old. All right, so you don't remember, like, when the real superstars, well, you, I don't know, were you around for the Vince Carter one? You know what? The first one I remember really enjoying was the Jason Richardson one. Okay. Well, you missed the real good stuff when the superstars really, like the real deal, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, those guys used to go at it. Um, and yet, Ned, now you're, you're right. I mean, now you got kind of second, third, fourth tier players being in this competition. Obviously, the Zach Levine one, um, Aaron Gordon one was tremendous. That was really great. Um, the Vince Carter one going back against Tracy McGrady, that was great. But the ones, you know, so you sprinkle in the ones like we had last night, and it's like, man, this is just not doing it for me. Well, listen, shout out to your guy, Obi Toppin, for winning the slam dunk contest. Yeah. I, I mean, at least one bright so spot for the Knicks is they won something, right? Yeah, they got some. And I remember the same thing happened when Chris Stapps Porzingis won uh, the skills competition. I think it was 2017, 2016, somewhere around then. And you had people tweeting out, hang the banner. So there you go. We got the same thing happening this time. Obi's yeah, a good that, guy. Obi's a yeah. really good guy. He's a nice guy. It couldn't happen. Seriously, and I'm, I'm not just saying that he it couldn't happen to it couldn't have happened to a better person. Well, listen, he didn't have that much competition. I mean, Jalen Green had about nine attempts on one dunk that he didn't even do. Uh, Cole Anthony put on his Tims, and we were all supposed to be impressed with that. I don't think anyone really gave a shit about that. And um, um who was the last person? The guy from the Warriors. Oh, uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson. I didn't yeah. even see what he did. I did not even see it. So. He made the finals. Yeah. Yeah, you're I, right. I, I don't even remember what he did to make the finals. That's how I'm, I'm underwhelming that, that and forgettable that whole contest was. I'm glad Obi won. Even though he's a Nick, I'm, I'm still happy he won. And then the game itself, I'm with you. I, I fell asleep at halftime. I had money on uh, Luca or Joel Embiid to win the MVP. I was close with Embiid. I wanted to put money on Curry. I went with my, my gut. I went with Doncic. Obviously, that was wrong. But uh, no, I, I agree. It's 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 fun in doses. But if you try to watch the whole All Star Weekend, you're just gonna fall asleep towards the end. Yeah, yeah, I'm not into it. Um, and it's been a while since I have been into it. So, you know, whatever. It's All Star Weekend. The it's no. obviously become um, a, a vehicle for the NBA to make a lot of money with corporate sponsors, and that's why they keep doing it, and that's why they keep pumping it up. And that doesn't mean that you as a fan have to ingest it and watch it but if you do like it then go ahead not for me I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what they got saved with the with the nba 75 players of all time thing yeah, they did on cool. sunday that was that was very cool that was very cool i saw the um, reactions uh yeah one, one of my favorite things is this whole boston celtics beef because that 2018 <laughs> they 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 are milking one championship like i mean they they got a they got a, they, they probably want a 30 for 30 i mean they they love themselves over that one championship and to see that drama happen with Ray Allen was pretty funny. Um, and obviously, I got to know Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce a little bit when they came to Brooklyn. Uh, right. So that was that was fun. Um, where did you go to college, by the way, if you don't mind my asking? Maryland, University of Maryland. I, I went to school in Massachusetts. And when you okay. talk about those fans milking that one championship, it's <laughs> it's never going to go away. They might not win again for 100 years. They'll still talk about that 08 team like it was, it was God's gift to earth. Well, they, and they, they also – yeah, they have these reunions too with this team, and it was like, guys, you won one championship, you won one, and, championship. They, and they're the same fans that'll crap on the Heat for doing the big three and the Nets. They have they have invented the big three. Yeah, yep, you're right. Um, we're gonna transition into some Nets talk. This is a Nets podcast, and uh, we're gonna start with with some Nets Twitter stuff. 
for some reason, I, I never understood this because I've followed you for a while. I, I like your content. I like the way you report on, on both the Knicks and then when you do the Nets coverage, I enjoy that as well. Um, you're kind of viewed as a villain on Nets Twitter. Is that just because you cover the Knicks or is there something deeper than that? Um, shoot. Uh, I don't really know. I, to be honest, I, I don't care, but, um, maybe it's because I don't report all the positive things or I don't point out, I, I, I think part of what's happening and we, we, we get into a deeper conversation with coverage of teams, but fans like to, um, they like to see fan content and they like to see stuff that, that is made by fans and supporting the team, no matter what, that's not, that's not my job. That's not, I right. shouldn't be the job of anybody covering the team. So, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm at the enemy of Nets Twitter, but maybe if I am, I am, I don't care. It, you know, it might just be me seeing a few negative tweets over the, over the last few months and, and Nets Twitter is pretty positive. So when I see one or two, I think, wow, what, what's their problem? Like what's their beef with Stefan Bondi? But, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. You tell me. What, what I have the, no idea. Listen, what is, I'm, I'm, what is the what is the crux of the issue? What is the problem? I have no idea. I'd have to get okay. back to you on that. I don't. I don't speak for Nets Twitter. I am about one percent of of the ninety nine percent that is Nets Twitter. I, my my follow up to that is uh, why did Kevin Durant have to single you out last season when you asked him about the Harden stuff? I, I that's another thing I never understood why he said even if I knew I wouldn't tell you, Stefan. What's what's the beef there? Man, if I I knew I first of all, I didn't even hear him say it when he said it because we were in the um we were in the Barclays Center and at that time we're still doing Zoom. We're not even doing press conferences. So I'm sitting up in the um in the press box and they're playing music and I'm listening to my laptop and I don't I didn't even hear him say it. So I just continued on with my question and then people were asking me afterwards what's what's his beef with you? And to be honest, I, I have no idea. I've met him maybe once or twice in my life. Um, no conversations beyond me asking him questions. Maybe he just saw a story that he didn't like, you know, I, um, you know, we, we know how sensitive he was to, um, certain stories, certainly back when he was in golden state. So I have no idea, man. And, um, if I did, I tell you, but I don't. No, I appreciate that. I, I, you know, these are just things that I've, I've always wondered. And that, that was one of them. I, I, I figured there was nothing there. You don't strike me as someone who, would want beef with anybody you're covering. And, and, and I don't think that any media reporter wants beef with any player. It's just, I think maybe, it, maybe it got him on a bad day. Maybe he just, you know, was having a tough day and, and he didn't like the question. I don't know. I can't speak for him. I mean, the question, if I remember correctly, was just, have you, it, James Harden had gotten injured that game. And right. Was, that was the hamstring, right? Yeah. And it was just, yeah. have you spoken to James or something like that? I don't know. I have no idea, man. I have no idea. And, you know, in this era of zoom, um, you don't really get to go up to the player and ask him, Hey, what's the problem? I mean, I've had problems with players before and we usually are able to squash it by just talking to each other in person. But you know, with this, you know, keeping our distance from each other, it's, it's just not possible. Totally get that. Um, well, Kevin Durant, if you're listening, Stefan <laughs> meant nothing by it. You guys are cool. All right, cool. We're going to move on. You brought up James Harden about the injury. I just wanted to know, in regards to the process that led up to, to trading James Harden, do you think there was a better way that the Nets could have handled it? That, that's my question. Yeah. I mean, listen, everything I hear about how the Nets are operating these days is Kevin Durant is number one. Like what, what he says goes. That goes for coaching decisions. That goes for roster decisions. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I had heard that he, you know, I know a lot of people talking about how this was all Kyrie and the, um, the part-time status, but what I had heard was it was more about the relationship with Kevin Durant and that, how that whole thing deteriorated. I had a big problem with how the Nets were trying to somehow deny that there was a problem uh, publicly while at the same time, um, you know, negotiating in the background or whatever the heck they were doing in the background. I, I always take the stance of tell the truth, like, and if you can't tell the truth, don't say anything, but don't lie. So I had a big problem with what Steve Nash had come out to and was so adamant about, hey, we're not going to trade this guy. I have a hard time believing that that's really what he thought or that was really the truth. So I just had a, I had a problem with their public stance on this. Just like, and I had a bigger problem with the way Sean Marks handled um, the whole Kyrie situation, how in the very beginning, he was kind of beating him his chest, like, "Hey, we're not gonna. This is not. This is not possible. We can't have a part-time player." And then Kevin Durant says, "Uh, no, you gotta take my friend back." And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Well, you know, we have a lot of COVID infections, and you know, so, you know, I had a problem with that. I had a problem with the way they they handled the uh, James Harden thing publicly. But with that being said, I thought Sean Marks did a good job in terms of what he got back. Um." They 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 traded a lot to get James Harden originally. I know people bring up the draft picks. I mean, they also traded Jared Allen, who is an all-star right now. Karis LeBert is a heck of a player. So they gave up a lot to get James Harden. Uh, but once it became untenable, once it became a situation where this guy wants to get the hell out of here and he's not going to resign in the offseason, then I think Sean Marks got the best that he could uh, for for James Harden. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I was also not a fan of, of Nash lying uh, to the media and the fans. You know, I, I thought it was uh, don't don't, you know, excuse my yeah. language, but don't pee on my head and tell me it's raining. I, obviously, you know, you, you don't have to say we're going to trade him. You can say I'm not going to answer the question. There are so many different ways to answer that just to say we're not trading James Harden. Obviously, that was that was so far from the truth. So I, I was annoyed with the Nets on how they handled that. Uh, but I agree with you. I thought I thought the haul for Harden, and I look at it in the sense of, okay, you gave up Karis LeVert and Jared Allen as they were rising stars. Obviously, Allen's, you know, as, as you mentioned, he's turned into an all-star. LeVert's a very good player. What you got back is a, a sharpshooter in Seth Curry, uh, some a player that we don't really know what his potential is in Ben Simmons yet. We think he can be great, but he has yet to show us he can do that when it matters most in the playoffs. And a journeyman center, Andre Drummond, who's still got some pretty good basketball left. So I, I look at the trade-off between you know those two young guys and, and these three guys we're bringing in, and I think at the end of the day, I, I feel like the Nets kind of broke even there. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, you brought up the Ben Simmons thing. That's a big question mark. The guy hasn't played in basically a year, so – they're in a win now window. Uh, they, I know that Kevin Durant is, you know, he, he just signed that big extension, but he's getting up there in age and he had that Achilles tear and you, you can't, you don't know how many, you know, super duper star years you have left in Kevin Durant. He's really the, the wheel that makes this thing go. So um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a big question what, what Ben Simmons looks like when he finally gets on the court mm-hmm. and how long it's going to take him to get back into whatever the rhythm, the game shape, whatever you want to, whatever you want to see him get back to. Uh, But I do think that he fits in well with this team because they didn't need another guy dominating the ball. They needed another versatile defender. And that's what they got in Ben Simmons. I've always been a big fan of Ben Simmons. I understand he's got a problem with his three point shot and with his foul shooting and with every, you know, everything to do with shooting in general. Um, He has a problem, but he is so big and so athletic 
and has, you know, all the right instincts defensively. So I, I've always been a big fan of Ben Simmons, and I think he can really help this team out as long as his head is right, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, some guys that will help with that, I think Patty Mills being there, good friend of Simmons. They grew up together in Australia. Um, it, it's a, it, That'll be good for him, and it's a new change of scenery. I mean, obviously – not, not all of it was bad in Philadelphia. I mean, for a while there, he was loved with, with Embiid, and the two of them got along great. And, 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 you know, sometimes we see in basketball, you got, you know, I'm not going to compare him to Kobe and Shaq, but sometimes relationships like that, they, they, they just, they get bad. And, and that's what happened with him in Philadelphia, with him with the fans, with him with Doc Rivers. It ended poorly. It ended in a way that couldn't be salvaged. So you look at what this guy's done in, in four or five years in the NBA, you look at what he's capable of, um, playing off a Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving. I mean, I, I think the sky's the limit for him, and he's only 25 years old. Now so it, does, yeah. it does. I mean, it does concern me that when the going gets tough, he his response was, yeah, I'm not going to play anymore. I quit. So, Are you talking about Ben Simmons or James Harden? No, well, both. <laughs> both, <laughs> both. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so, yeah, you could apply that to both guys. But, you know, when he, when he realized that instead of fighting through whatever adversity he was going through, his response was, I'm just, you know, I'm shutting it down. I don't want to play for this team anymore. So I'd be concerned about that. That's fair. That's a fair point. Um, final trade question. Who won, in your opinion, Marks, Maury, or both of them won? Man, I so I wish you could ask me this. after the season. It's really tough to say because I don't know where Ben Simmons' game is. I really right. – nobody's seen him on the court. We just went through right. it. Like, I just don't know. Um, theoretically, I think they both won. Okay. Um, but James Harden – you know, he's dealing with that hamstring injury. He was out of shape, you know, coming into the season. He's got his own commitment issues. He's getting up there in age. He's got a partying problem. So he could – that whole situation could implode too. I think on paper, you would say both teams won. On paper, the Sixers probably won more just because James Harden is at his – when at his peak, he is an MVP caliber player, and Ben Simmons is not that type of player. So, you know – all thing if all things were equal and everybody was playing at their highest level possible, I'd say the Sixers got the best deal. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I also look at it from the standpoint of short term. I mean, the Sixers are the better team right now. The Sixers are what, the three or four seed in the East. Um, they they have an MVP caliber player in Embiid who hasn't missed much time. And the Nets are are, are teetering on seven or eight. I mean, even if they have a good second half, they're probably going to be in that bottom half of of playoff teams. So it'll it'll, it'll be interesting. I'd I'd love to see those two teams match up in the first or second round. I think that'd be great. That'd be that'd be a a fun series. I was Um, really I was really rooting for Knicks. uh, Sorry, Knicks Nets series last year. I thought that was cool as shit. But that would have been awesome. Didn't happen. But I will say this: I think the Nets at full strength, obviously are one of the top contenders. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they'd have a big, you know, they'd have problems with Milwaukee for sure. They'd have problems probably with Miami. But, uh, you know, it, it's those three for me. And I know you could probably put the Sixers in there. I just got to see James Harden play first. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I don't think there's any chance Harden is as bad as he was on the Sixers those last few games with the Nets. Yo, but people don't want to play. Like, it's he's not the only – this is, you know, Kevin Durant wasn't the, only, wasn't the first player that didn't want to play with James Harden. Chris That's Paul true. didn't want to play with James Harden. That's true. Russell Westbrook wanted to get that. He's not a fun player to play with. He dominates the ball, and, um, you know, he holds it and dribble, 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 dribble. He might get fouled, and, you know. And, and that's why – that's why I don't know how him and Embiid will work because Embiid is also – Embiid's not going to run the Clint Capella pick and roll. Yeah, you're right. 
It's it's. I mean, Doc Rivers got. He's gonna have to make his money, and he's making plenty of money. So yeah. let's see if he let's see if he earns that. I always thought it was so funny that he got rid of his uh, his uh, son-in-law in Seth Curry so to the, make even, this trade. Even before that, the the most bizarre thing to me was when he was coaching Paul George, because yeah. Paul mm. George like cheated on his daughter. Mm. Yep. Strip, like it was like I could not coach that guy. Like I don't care, trade this guy. But instead, he traded the guy that actually married his daughter. So I don't know what's going on with that family dynamic. He's also traded his son before. So, uh, you know, Dogger is a businessman, I guess. Wild, wild. All right, second half talk with the Nets. You brought it up a little bit. Uh, what do you think of the move by Sean Marks to bring in Goran Dragic off the buyout market? Yeah, I mean, good move. This is this, it's a situation where, you know, you brought – I think we talked before about how he did it last year with Blake Griffin, and uh, he gets these guys that want to come here and they're vets and they can, can contribute to a um, – to a playoff run so there's nothing to hate about it it was just a completely positive move we'll see i mean gordon like like we were talking about with ben simmons gordon Dragic hasn't played in a while but i mean he's a vet he knows what he's doing and i think he can contribute to the playoff run so hey nothing wrong with that i think it's a good move i i think if you're the nets and you see milwaukee is talking to him and some other contenders in the east yeah, the fact point. that you were able to snatch him up is huge yeah is, is, get him off other huge. teams if nothing else yeah, well, we just we dropped DeAndre Bembry last week, and he signed with Milwaukee, so we needed to get him back somehow. <laughs> there you go. Um, not a lot. Yeah, yeah, and, and Kyrie still – I mean, the mandate still is what it is. Um, Kyrie still can't play at home games, so now you add another point guard in the mix. So that's important. So so let's talk about that. So Kyrie Irvin, as of right now, cannot play home games, as, as you mentioned. There's been some optimism surrounding the mandates potentially being lifted before the playoffs. How do you see this playing out right now? Uh, I think that eventually the mandates will change. Um, I don't think Adam Silver, who's probably one of the most calculated people I I know, will come would come out and float that idea if he didn't think it was a possibility. It felt like it was just a test bubble that he was throwing out there just to see the reaction. And then immediately after that, Adams came out and he also kind of just floated this idea too. So um, I, I don't see it lasting through the playoffs. I think at some point you're going to see Kyrie Irving playing at home. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, listen, um, well, yeah. who knows? I mean, this thing is unpredictable. It's like <laughs> the, the next variant can come tomorrow and then all of a sudden it's going the opposite direction. But right now everything is trending towards the direction of mandates being lifted. With that being I said, mean, I think, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not fully versed in all this stuff. But I, I know the, the city just had to fire a bunch of workers because they weren't vaccinated. So if you're going to do that and then say, hey, you know what? But we really want this basketball player to play, even though he's right. not vaccinated. It sends all kinds of mixed messages, bad messages. So I'm sure the mayor's dealing with a lot of crap right now. Uh, and probably a one point guard from playing in Brooklyn is not number one on his priority list. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what's crazy if you're a Nets fan. The way that Sean Marks has set up this roster, of course, having your second best player in Kyrie helps. It, it it makes you a championship contender. But the fact that you have Goran Dragic, you have Ben Simmons about to come back, you have Seth Curry, you have Kevin Durant. I don't think you – I'm not saying you don't need Kyrie Irving, but it makes life a lot easier without him when you have this depth. So I, I do want to credit Sean – I mean, that Goran Dragic signing is huge – if you're not able to get Kyrie uh, at home during the playoffs. Well, you know, only one player really matters. Kevin Durant. Yes. I mean, you see when he doesn't play, what happens? 
They they're go like in the 11 game league streak. They, they right. go from like title contender and then they're like the worst team in the league. Like that's how much of an impact Kevin Durant has. Um, so as long as he's on the court, as you saw last season in the playoffs when he didn't have Kyrie Irving and he had James Harden hopping around on one leg, he almost took that team past the Milwaukee Bucks. And if they got past the Milwaukee Bucks, who knows what would have happened. So all that really matters is Kevin Durant being healthy, to be honest. That's a good point. All the players I mentioned, I forgot to mention Kevin Durant. That's an excellent point. Um, all right. Are you ready for some rapid fire stuff on? Yeah, shoot. All right, let's do it. So I got 10 questions for you. Uh, if you answer them quickly, slowly, I don't care. I just, I want your, your gut answer. We're going to start. Okay. What has been the craziest moment covering the Nets and Knicks this season? This season? Oh, I'm not even going to go this season. I'm just going to go back. All right. Can I do okay, that? Let's do it. You can do that. You can switch I just it up. Freestyle this. Let's do it. Crazy as And it, of course, it involves my guy, Andre Blatch. You remember Andre Blatch? Loved on. Use a huge Andre Blatch guy. So he, we, we were in a practice facility and they had just finished a uh, players' union meeting in the little conference room. I guess they were giving out condoms in the conference room. In this, the players' union was giving out condoms. Okay. Andre Blatch took every, he took the full bag of condoms. Like it was a garbage bag worth of condoms and was running out of there because I guess he needed them and good for him. He's using protection. Um, And then he said some things that I'm not going to repeat, but it was pretty funny. That was a hilarious moment covering the net. Wow. So Andre Blatch. A garbage. I've never seen a garbage bag full of condoms, but Andre Blatch had a garbage bag full of condoms. Congrats on the sex, Andre Blatch. Congrats, dude. That's awesome. Lays pipe. All right. Number two, we have. Rank the following four big men in terms of importance to the Brooklyn Nets. Nick Claxton, Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. Say him one more time. Nick Claxton, Andre yeah. Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. One to four. In Andre Drummond. Okay. Blake Griffin. No, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton. Yeah, unfortunately, I think Claxton's the odd man out. And, and that's why when the Nets didn't trade him – uh, after they made that Harden move, I was kind of annoyed because I think he's just going to sit on the roster. And I don't think you're going to really be able to use him that much. You already have three guys ahead of him that you like to play in, in certain situations. And and what was Claxton's biggest value? It was that James Harden was there. Yeah, and and like I said, like we said before, I, I haven't been following all the little minutiae right. of the, the Nets, but he's had a problem staying on the court too, right? Yeah, I – Look, I, I, I have heard a lot of things about him. There was a, a long period where he was out in the beginning of the season, and I heard, like, a few rumors on that Twitter about parties and this and that. And Well, he had – see, I reported it, and it was true. Yeah. He had mono. Oh, he had mono. He had mono. How did he get mono? Did he get mono um, Sam Darnold status, or was that like no, legit? I don't know how he got it, but he had mono. All right, that's fair. Did he get an Andre Blatch? <laughs> no, nah, Andre Blatch uses protection. We've been over there. <laughs> All right, number three, can the Nets win a championship with the roster currently constructed? Yes. Okay, that was an easy one. Number four, and you're going to like this one. What is the biggest difference between how Kevin Durant and Julius Randle handle the media? Um, I don't know. I used to think that um, Julius Randle was more cordial, uh, but this season kind of changed my mind on that one. They both had periods where they boycotted the media. Kevin Durant did it while he was at Golden State. Um, I don't know. I, I, when you get, here's the thing, they're both pretty good. I don't want to knock either guy, but when you get Kevin Durant going, talking about basketball and different, you know, 
uh, strategies and what what might have happened in the game and what he was thinking. He is tremendous. Um, he gives you some great basketball answers. I think he just doesn't like the whole drama aspect of the NBA. Unfortunately, he kind of wraps himself up in it too, uh, and then he gets pissed off because he reads it all. Um, but I, I think when you ask him basketball questions, Kevin Durant is a, is a really, really good interview. Julius Randle's very guarded. Um, you don't really get much out of him for the most part. And then he's had the incidences this season uh, where he just didn't want to talk to the media anymore. And I don't really know what was the problem other than I think, and I feel him on this because it was fucked up. He got fined for cursing during, he was the first NBA player that I can remember that got fined. And I know Kevin Durant got fined later, but got fined for cursing during a press conference because you hear all players do it all the time. But he got pegged $25,000 by the league, so I think he was pissed off about that. And he said, why would I talk to the media if every time I talk, I'm, they're just going to take take away $25,000? I, I got a message uh, to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. That's fucking ridiculous. That's yeah, silly. Stop fining people for cursing. These are grown men. Yeah, I know. Okay? Your, 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 your seven-year-old isn't watching the 10.30 p.m. post-game presser. Okay? I, I'm sorry to tell you. Who gives a shit? There you go. I, I and for like for the media purposes, for my purposes, you the last thing you want is to these guys to you, to be guarded and not really be themselves. You want them to speak like they normally like. You want to have a conversation with them, and if they're good, if they curse during conversations, then fuck it, let them curse while we're talking to each other on these podiums. The problem is that now there's only podium interviews because they don't let us in the locker room. And Adam Silver came out the other day and said. You know that might we may never get back in the locker room, which would be pretty lame. Nah, that's there's no way that's happening. I'm not gonna yeah, let that. Happen. I don't know, man. I don't know. I've heard, right. heard different things about that. We're on number five. I like how this is going. When all healthy, who would you depend on most to hit a clutch three for the Nets? Seth Curry, Patty Mills, or Joe Harris? Not Joe Harris, based on his performance in the playoffs. I don't. I. I mean, Patty Mills has been through some. Good playoff stuff with the Spurs. I'm going to go him. Okay. Uh, pretty easy question, yes or no. Is Steve Nash a good coach? <laughs> uh, that's not that easy because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, what am I, I – I feel like Kevin Durant is halfway coaching this team anyway. So um, I'll put it like this. I was a big fan of Kenny Ack. Okay, there you go. Number right. seven. Number seven on the rapid fire. Who is your easiest player to interview versus the toughest? Uh, current player? Yeah, sure. Um, who is it? Derek Rose is great. Derek Rose yeah. is my, one of my favorite people to interview of all time. Um, you know, Ennis Canner is obviously can fly off the handle in terms of what he says and is great to interview, and he's um, he's been great to the media. But I'd say Derek Rose is number one. Hardest. I mean, there's a long list, man. Um, <laughs> uh, Darren Williams was tough. He's not a current yeah. player, but he was tough. He was moody. So he was the kind of thing where you don't know where you're getting. And obviously Kyrie Irving, um, I haven't interviewed him a ton, but he, he's he been obviously sensitive to this whole um, vaccine stuff. And he, he's gone back and forth with Nick Ferdell a couple times. And I was actually in Denver and I interviewed Kyrie a little bit, and that was okay. So I, I wouldn't even classify Kyrie as hard. I don't even so, know why I brought him up. But, um, <laughs> no, it's okay. Darren Williams w was pretty tough. 
So I'll say this. If my brother was on this show, he would he would go nuts with the Darren Williams stuff. He went on like a 10 – when we started this show, he went on a 10-minute rant about how much he despised Darren Williams during his tenure in, in Brooklyn. And uh, I don't I don't kill former players uh, as much as my brother does because I'd like to eventually have everybody on this show. But, no, he would have he loved that answer. And then in regards to the Kyrie vaccination stuff, I'll say this. Before Harden started doing the pressers and making jokes about it, when Kyrie would get mad at the at the vaccination questions, I I didn't love it. I wasn't crazy about it. But I feel like when Harden would make these jokes, oh, I'm going to give him the shot. Oh, we need him to play. It almost opened up reporters to be like, hey, you know, Kyrie, Harden's making jokes. Are you going to get it now? And then he'd flip out. And I always thought that was a weird disconnect that was never talked about. Because why is Harden making jokes about something that's ex- an extremely serious subject to this man? Yeah, I mean, my pro- so I have a couple. If you want my Kyrie thoughts, I have a let's couple. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. One is I have one is a good thing, one is a bad thing. The bad okay. thing with him it, for me is he has taken this obviously hard stance that says I don't want the vaccine, and nobody knows why the hell he doesn't want the. No, he yes, won't explain it. Right, so like it leaves itself up to debate into questions when he's out here saying he's he's making this stance and he's brought up that he's for the people and all this stuff. But why, why, what is the, what is it about the vaccine that makes it so you don't want to have, he's never answered that question. He's always, you know, gone off on different tangents. The, the other thing that I think he, he doesn't get enough credit for, or he's, he's criticized too much about this. And I don't think he should, is that he's actually been honest about his vaccination stat status, as opposed to somebody like Aaron Rodgers who fucking lied about it. Right. Or Antonio Brown, who came up with a fake, vaccination card so at least he's been open about that at least he's he's, from the beginning it it was clear that he's not vaccinated and he wasn't trying to hide it and he wasn't making up words like what was the word that aaron Rodgers said uh what did he say like um oh god i don't remember he didn't say the word vaccinated he said like a synonym for vaccinated yeah whatever it was Kyrie has not tried to pull that so i'll give him credit for that fuck aaron Rodgers. anyway um number eight does Kyrie get a, a max deal with the Nets, or what do you think happens to him in the offseason? Yeah, well, I think they're going to try. I think they're going to try to sign him because yeah, because of KD. Uh, I, I think the mandates. We talked about the mandates. I think they're going to eventually going to go away. And uh, when it, when he's available, he's a max player, and they really don't have many other options. It's not like they have cap space to go out there and sign somebody. So um, un- unless you're going to sign and trade him, which I don't think is possible, just because I don't think many teams are going to be banging down their doors. The, to uh to get Kyrie on a max contract, I think he's going to re-sign with the Nets. Um, and I mean, my problem with Kyrie too is it's like it's not if it's not if it's not the vaccination stuff. Something else. Cool, I know. know. I know. And, I know. Yeah, I know. It's it's risky to give him a big max contract, but they really have no choice. Yeah, and look, we can talk Kyrie until we're blue in the face. Um, but the one thing, like you just hit the nail on the head, that Nets fans want to see, they just want to see him playing. I mean, last year he had a bunch of you know, issues where, where he wasn't playing a few games. Then of course he got hurt in the playoffs and, and that sucked. But, but this year, you know, every Nets fan, we're finally going to get Kyrie. We're finally going to get the big three. Lo and behold, we don't get it. So I'm with you as unfair as the vaccination uh, situation is with him where he can't play, but unvaccinated players can as unfair as that is. You're right. If it's not that it's been something else. And that has, that is what history has shown us. So I'm just, I'm hoping next season, if we sign him, to a big deal. I just want to see him on the court. That's really it. Yeah, um, and, he, and he's he's one of my favorite players to watch. I mean, he's oh. a wizard with the ball, man. 
Yeah. I mean, you could you could get on him for not being a winning player when he doesn't have LeBron and everything else, but I mean, he's a fun player to watch. He, him, and Isaiah Thomas have the best handle that I've ever seen. And I'm talking about the Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, not the Boston Celtics. Yeah, I, I figured that. Right. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's funny. Obviously, everyone loves KD. His game is so methodical and 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 smooth. A lot of people liked Harden when he was great with the Nets, but I don't think anyone goes nuts for for another player more than Kyrie Irving. Specifically, Nets fans, specifically anybody, there are just things that he does with the basketball that you couldn't create in a video game. Like yeah. he 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 almost invents moves on the fly. The the left-handed push bank shot from from freaking the foul line. Like these these you know behind the backs. Like he just makes these moves that you've never seen anyone do before. He's incredible. Yeah, and, the way he finishes around the rim is underrated. Like, oh, unbelievable! The the yeah. the English he puts on the ball is, yeah. is disgusting sometimes. Hundred uh, percent. I just want to see him for for the home games, his playoffs. All right, two more quick ones. Would you rather have as a general manager Daryl Morey or Sean Marks? That's a tough question. Um, Daryl Morey. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, listen. I, I know every every Nets fan loves Sean Marks, but um, he's he's been on the, and I know he started with shit because of what Billy King left him. Uh, but he's been how, – how long has he been the GM of this team? What, four or five years? I think it's more than that, man. Yeah? Oh, okay. Man, um, I'm thinking like five, six. I mean, it I couldn't be like, seven. Oh, wasn't, wasn't... Might be going on a, this might be his seventh year or something. Okay. Sixth season, seventh year, something like that. I think he took over in 2015. Am I correct? Or is it 16? Anyway. Let's see. I got it up. Yeah, go on. He's won one playoff series. Yeah, that's true. That's 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 a good point. And I know I know he you can say hey he has a championship team now or but it's all theoretical. Um, he's won one playoff series as an executive, so at some point people have to be judged by their record. This will be his sixth year. He started in 2016. 2016. There you go. 2016. All right. Final question. Easy. Not basketball related. What is the best food inside of the Barclays Center? Oh shoot. I don't know, man. I'm um I eat the media food because <laughs> it's cheaper. So if you got a recommendation for me, let me know. The problem was the last I never eat there, and and I usually have seats uh like in the lower level, and I just always eat beforehand. So the last game I went to, I had seats in the upper deck, and there's only like four or five options in the upper deck. So I was pissed off. I gotta go next time and just find because there's a lot of like cool spots over there that I've heard about. Um, but my final question, it's a bonus question because you didn't give me a good answer for that one. I think you'll give me a good answer for this one. What's the best pizza in New York for Stefan Bondi? If I'm in New York for a night and I need unbelievable, delicious nah, screw, pizza. Screw I, I know I'm from the Bronx originally, but I'm going to go with okay. Jersey pizza. Yeah. Uh, Jersey's got better pizza. You're from Jersey, right? Man? Oh, I'm from Jersey, man. Yeah, I, I got so, pizza. That's what we I'm got. A, I'm a psychopath with, with pizza and bagel. Like I have a list of, of 200 places in New Jersey. I've tried about 75 of them. Um, I, I consider myself a pizza aficionado, unlike that fake idiot from Boston, Portnoy. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, listen, he's tried over thousands of pizza places, but he has a gutter palate. And I hope he hears this one day because I, I, I truly believe that. So if anyone's listening, you ever want pizza recommendations for Jersey, Stefan, I can hook you up with like five, seven places around where you're from, which you told All me right. before. I'm not going to say it on the pod, but I can hook you up with spots galore. Well, well is um, one of them Star Tavern in West Orange. Yes, of course. That's, that's my, my that's, yeah. That's what I was going to say. It, West Orange is also the hometown of Kyrie Irving, who we yes. talked about a lot on this pod. So he probably knows about Star Tavern. I heard him say that one, the pizza spot on uh, Twitter the other day, 
He said his favorite pizza spot used to be in Essex Green. I guess it closed down. So Star Tavern is still open. So Kyrie Irving, if you're listening, uh, that's the new spot well, for you. When, when, when it was announced that, you know, he wouldn't be playing the home games, he'd be playing the away games, and he was saying he goes to the bar to watch the home games, I said, dude, meet me at Star Tavern. We'll, we'll get a white <laughs> clam pie. We'll get a nice plain pie. It'll be delicious. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. I wonder where he's watching these games, by the way. You yeah, know? Me too. No, I don't. And the other thing is when he was doing the, uh, the pickup games – wherever around Jersey, I would have wanted to get in on that because I'm a baller and I would oh, yeah. love nothing more 100% than to get crossed up by Kyrie Irving. It would be a dream. I'd love so it. Your, how tall are you? I'm 5'9". All right, so you're but I can I, I can shoot the crap out of the ball, stuff. Right, you, you go on the Fireside Nets and, uh, Twitter, there's a bunch of videos of me just draining shots, man. All right. People, people All right. know. Um, well, well let, yeah. No, nah, go ahead, man. <laughs> I was just going to say, this has been a blast, man. I'm, I'm happy you came on. You were much uh, – much better co-host than my brother Nick, so I appreciate nah, it. And Come on. Any any final words for my brother, or the Nets fans out there? Anything you got? Nah, enjoy, enjoy um, for your brother. Enjoy your t- time out there and follow uh, the example set by my man Andre Blatch. <laughs> I appreciate it, Stefan. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, S Bondi at NYDN. No, at at, at S Bondi NYDN. There you go. There you go. All right. That does it for this episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick brought to you by Empire Sports Media. As always, catch you on the fireside.